Welcome to Sports Arena Extreme Rewind, your weekly look into the world of extremes. We travelled from the world of Eastern all the way to 1997 so far. And so beyond. Far. And beyond. It might never end. There's still, like I said, even even like just about a month ago, you know, Tommy Dream and Raven were talking about an impact. So it never ends. There's always some extreme connection. You've got myself Paul and I'm joined as always by Jay. How the devil are you, Jay? I'm doing all right. And if you want to shoot brother, brother, then all right, we'll shoot. We'll shoot, brother, brother. We'll shoot, brother. This this, this is a lot of... Shooting. Shoots the new respect. Everyone's, <laughs> been, everyone's been extremely respectful, but now we're shooting. Yeah. We, we, we've, we've finished respecting and now we're shooting. Brother, I'm guessing, brother. Because obviously we did... Um, what was it we looked at when they did the confrontation on Raw and I'm guessing we've caught up with that now because yeah because there's a lot of references I mean, obviously you know jumping the gun massively here but there's a lot of references to Brian Christopher's Jerry Lawler's son and if you want to shoot if you want to shoot so I'm guessing it must be that sort of time you want to shoot, you want to shoot? I can shoot you want to shoot I'll shoot you shoot you'll shoot that's a shoot I don't think like any. I don't know whether it's just it's like dated, but nothing really felt shooty. I feel like I'm ruining the show. I'm talking about saying we're not even Yeah, we'll about. get into it. I I I apologise. I'm distracted by by jumping in the middle because that was the bit that I'm kind of sitting there going. I, maybe I just don't want people to shoot, brother, brother, because this is all <laughs> boring, brother. But we are brother, looking brother. at episodes two seventeen, two eighteen, two nineteen, and two twenty, brother, brother. I think so, brother, brother. Of ECW 1997. So let's start off with episode 217. Um, kicks off with a promo by Taz, who basically says he's going to explain everything later on. Yes. Brother. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, we get highlights of the WWFE invasion from last week. Obviously, amazing segment we spoke about with Jerry Lawler, Rob Van Dam, Sabu, basically getting involved in kicking some ass and destroying everyone or destroying everyone go back everyone and, yeah go back and check out on Russell Palooza 97 or check out our review last week we get excited um, Stars and Rick Rude are up next they basically confirm that Saturn is still injured and out forever and maybe a year they said yep and that someone should get even with Rob Van Dam and Sabu yeah yeah, we got the Rude Cam and Tommy Dreamer getting stitches. Said that he finally beat Raven, but thank you because he's finally got something to like love. He's got something to for. yeah, something to live for, and something to die for. Makes no sense, but it was just, it was just so dramatic. I love I love Trigger Pro Rose. It's never just if you can go to ECW, I'm gonna keep the shit out of you. It's it's always. Like a deep, you can you can almost hear Heyman feeding in the lines. I'm so, really interested to see what happens to Tommy Dreamer now that he can't just try and out Raven Raven. Um, well, yeah, because it it still feels like a Raven impression to me, um, and. I want to see him kind of grow past that and do something else and find his well, own kind of voice in it. I mean, obviously, you know, ECW legend, innovative violence, but yeah, where does, where does Dreamer really go in a ravingless universe? Because it's, it's sort of... Yeah, he's tied to him, know, isn't it? Massively. I mean, obviously, it's good to have that level of feud, but now it's like... Yeah, it's really it, interesting to see if he can heat up a few to that extent again. Yeah, I mean, there's an element of it where it is kind of the the Heath Ledger Joker at the end of The Dark Knight, you know, saying to the Christian Bale Batman, you know, I, I, I feel that you and I are destined to do this forever. But It really is. That's the, the perfect comparison. But then after that, where do you go? And, Derby Derby. And does that make Beulah the... the the sassy princess, um, Harley Quinn. Let's ask Rick Rude. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> can't take my eyes off her. 
I'm just constantly uh, hungry. Thankfully. So we don't know what systematics are, but I'm definitely one. Cheers, Rick. It's like um, Family Guy, the weatherman. It cuts the weatherman. Rain everywhere. Hail. It's like that, but rude version. Uh, Promo by Jerry Lawler. Basics is that Paulie dangerously wants to shoot. Let's shoot. And if WWE offered a job, he'd take it. Shoot, shoot. I, so there was, uh, I mean, apart from the, you know, you want to shoot, we'll shoot. We'll shoot, we'll shoot. We'll shoot, we'll shoot. Um, I loved this promo because, not because of the promo itself, it was fine, but because listening to this again, knowing how this all unfolds, one word from me and you can have a job on WWF. You can be sitting on WWF because we know that's where you want to be. And all these people think that you're, you know, loyal and you're here. We all know you just want to go and work in WWF and they'd be as surprised as anyone to see you turn up on that show. And then it turns out in a few years time, the one word from Jerry Lawler is I quit. He then takes, Heyman then takes (laughs) his job and the first most of that ECW locker room know about it and the end of ECW is when Paul Heyman turns up on Raw as the announcer. Very true. So, foreshadowing. Foretelling by uh, Jerry Lawler. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? Mm. Lawler knows. Um, they run a video for the pay-per-view saying that they hope that WWE and WCW don't support this pay-per-view. Good. Yeah, I thought that was nice. Um, we get highlights from last week. Obviously, Taz and Sabu and Taz and Shane Douglas. Obviously, Taz winning the TV title. So that was good. We get pro over Taz. Basically, Shane had the belt for 11 months and he beat him in three minutes. He snaps people's necks and he beat him in three minutes. Then calls out, um, says about ECW as a company full of hard work and calls out the WWE again. Uh, not that he's interested in this this feud. Of course, he's he, he he doesn't understand why they're trying to start a war. He's not interested in the war. He's not interested in in anyone outside of the company. He doesn't understand why this is a thing. Um, however, he will spend a lot of time talking about it. And Shane Douglas snapping necks at will. Um, <laughs> I mean, outside of the one, which I don't think was technically his will. Yeah, he wasn't as impressed when Scorpio broke his neck. <laughs> no, I mean, with, he, this, he, with, he, his, with his great ability to break necks, he wasn't as no impressed he, then. He wasn't quite boasting about it in the same sort of way. You know, he he he, he seemed to have a, a quite a big chip on the vertebrae. Yeah. So I thought that was. Um, I, I just feel like I don't know. They've got Taz involved with this, but he's a bit. All over the place. Yeah, and Taz is involved in it because he's the one that scares everyone off. And I get that, except Taz's whole thing is, I don't give a fuck about this. Why do we care? Mm. Which makes it, it difficult is. for him to then be... And, and it's this really kind of weird, you know, his his entire angle is, as we'll talk about, well, we'll, no, we'll talk about that later with, with his one of his other promos coming up. Um, I think at main event time, Eliminators versus Dudley Boys for the titles. Obviously, Eliminators is just purely Cronus at the moment because Saturn is injured, even though he comes down with him. So it becomes a handicap match, Cronus versus yeah, so the Dudley is, Boys. This is meant to be the Eliminators coming in to relinquish the title because yep. Saturn's out for a year. They can't team or defend. Therefore, they are here to relinquish the title. Todd Gordon getting far too much mic time in episode one of four. Um, that's he's popped up a lot again. Yep, that uh, that will continue. Um, but he's out here to to tell everyone uh, that you know it needs to happen. All the rest of it, and that they decide that um, they should uh, be given the opportunity to be fighting champions, and uh, you know not just kind of you know this is ECW and you can't just blah blah blah. Um, so they get into a match and it's Cronus versus the Dudleys, or is it? Well, yeah, so Cronus sort of somewhat holds his own, hits the 450 on Diva, looks like he's got him beat, but uh, the ref's out, so it doesn't happen. 
um, continues to go, gets bigger, and then Paris Satin climbs up to the top rope with his entire leg that's hang, leg, yeah, that's hanging off. Yeah, uh, basically jumps off, hits an elbow. I think it, it was. was. Yeah, and basically pins Devon for the eliminators to retain the titles. And either he is incredible at selling, or he was in a lot of pain after this. Yeah, my my guess is number two. Yeah, I thought that because it wasn't like a two seconds down. He was legit down with a lot of people whispering and he just seemed like he instantly regretted this decision. Which I feel he probably should, to be honest. I mean, it was it was an amazing spot. I mean, the Eliminators have given us so many amazing spots. Um, yeah. But my God, I mean, you know, that's that's... I was expecting some kind. I was expecting him to get involved. Obviously, I was expecting some kind of variation on total elimination. Maybe. Um, yeah. I wasn't expecting him to do a diving elbow drop with his leg in uh, a, a cast. In essence, no, not so. Uh, not so much. And you know, they were saying that uh, you know this was before he went in for surgery. Uh, and yeah, just my God. It's rough. It was um, it's really rough. And that's the end of the show, which takes us to episode two hundred and eighteen. And coincidentally, we kick it off with the Eliminators in brackets Cronus versus Dudley Boys for the tag team titles. So um, um, uh, Saturn's had his surgery now. Yeah. Um, so he's post surgery, and the Dudley Boys, Joel Gertner presents. Uh, Todd Gordon, who's in the ring with a microphone again. Um, too much, too much, too much. Um, with uh, legal documents that show that the Dudleys have lift, put a restraining order against Saturn, who is obsessed with them. Um, so uh, Perry Saturn has to leave and he refuses. Um, and Todd Gordon uh, pleads with him about all the trouble they've already got in Massachusetts. And, you know, you, you you tell me you're Team Extreme. You tell me you're Team Extreme. Then I need you to be Team Extreme and I need you to go away. Uh, well, yeah, but, but I am Team Extreme, so I'll do this for the company because I'm Team Extreme. It's never been a thing. It's never been a thing. No. Why, 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 why is there suddenly this, you know, you've, you've got so much. And if, if they're both such Team Extreme, where were they when... RVD and Sabu were beating everyone up. Well, yeah. Really, I mean, what what is Team Extreme? Uh, wrestlers of VCW, sort of. Yeah, unless that's what they really called when they turned up in WCW. And he was just sort of saying, "Your Team Extreme, let's go invade the NWO with Team Extreme." Um, yeah, so basically the match happens this time. Cronus doesn't win and the Dudley boys win and get the titles back. So next up we have the triple threat versus the Pitbulls and Bulls Mahoney. Before the match, Shane Douglas basically does a little introduction for all of the triple threat to the crowd, which I thought was quite good, until Rouge interrupted it and makes those little snide comments and we cut back to the match. Yeah, it feels like a really weird... It's suddenly like, you know... Shane Douglas realises how big a match this is, bearing in mind the history of the triple threat and him with the pit bulls. Yeah. And feels like he should do a job building this match because no one else has. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, this is, you know, it's nice to see all the triple threat in a match together as like a stable. I thought it was good. Yeah, and, you know, the, the iconic... Uh, iteration of the triple threat. Yeah, especially, I mean, but like I said, with the others, you haven't really ever seen them do matches. I don't know if Brian Lee did a match with them, maybe, probably, but it just didn't really... No, uh, maybe like maybe one or two, but um, the, uh, you know, Re- Shane Douglas references Brian Lee being bought out by Rick Rude. Yeah. Um, for reasons... Yeah, I mean, I, I understand it, but one you've replaced him with Bigelow, who 
is better, but you know, you, you're saying it's better. And two, stop highlighting the fact that Brian Lee's not anywhere. It's, yeah, it's I mean, just... it feels like a, a weird, you know, it almost feels like the the match happened before the TV happened. So they had to explain, here's what you missed if you haven't seen us on TV yet, to explain why we're the triple threat and primetime Brian Lee is no longer the triple threat. Potentially, because obviously we've spoken about, obviously it's just recorded and thrown out and they advertise matches that you're never going to see and stuff like that. Um, in match itself... Not too bad, exactly what you expect. Sort of um, good work rate from Candido. Big low, decent. Everyone's fine. The end of the match comes with a little help from a chain. Triple threat, get the victory. Big decent match all in all. And nice to see them wrestle as a stable was the main thing that I got from this. Yes. Um, so um, Rick Rude was Rick Rude all the way through. So, um, you know, basically just kind of going on about Francine. Um uh, the, the most Rick Rude line was um, uh, she was wearing kind of like leather pants, uh, leather, leather like trousers. And um, his line was, um, she looks like she's got a le- cellophane wrapper around her crapper, which, you know, just classy. Um, and then uh, the weird bit at the end was the, the, the video replay of the, uh, the, the, chain shot because they showed kind of one clip yes. and then you literally saw the video fast forward to the next highlight which was the chain shot yeah there wasn't a swipe there wasn't an edit you literally watched someone fast forward the tape <laughs> to get to the end of the match for a pre-recorded shot unless they were trying to be cool and yeah i mean if if, if that was a a, a a choice, if that was an editorial choice, if that was an effect style thing that they were putting in, then I still fucking hate it. Yeah. Get I, I with, with you trying to do whizzy techie bits to make it look less professional than it already is. We get another promo from Jerry Lawler, basically running down ECW and all its stars says, despite being advertised, he will not be at the ECW arena. On this date, in this blah, 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 I will not be there. This day in Pittsburgh, on this day, I will not be at the ECW arena. 11.54 to 11.75, Silliman Lane. I will not be at ECW on this date in Pittsburgh. On Yeah. So, you know, he's a man of his word. I don't expect him to turn up. Um, slowly getting issues with this already. I can't lie. Well, no, because everything NWO did right with the invasion was they were basically in the crowd a lot of the time. Eric Bischoff had to call them out, going, who are you? Why are you here? You know, and eventually they'd come out and say things. Yeah. And go, it's not just me. And go, why? This version is very much... If you hate Jerry Lawler that much, why are you showing his promos running down the company? Yeah, the the following advert has been paid for by the NWO. I am paying to show my shit on your TV show and you can't do anything about it because I've paid for the advertising space. Compared to, here's a pre-produced package of me standing in front of a WWF logo that you're going to show on your TV. Yes, slating everything. It's just almost so... You just wouldn't do it. No. Like I said, if it was a bought advertising spot like NWO, they'd probably got slated for doing it, but it would have worked because Jerry Lawler could have done it. Or if it was footage from Memphis Wrestling or something else where Jerry Lawler was running it down and somehow, you know, something happened. You know, there's ways. Not, but like I said, not this. Yeah, just... or, I mean, you know, you, I, I don't know. Something to do with for some legal reason why they have to show it. And I don't yeah, understand well, what we were doing, but, but take 30 seconds and think of a legal reason as to why they have to show it. That's it. it just anything. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Tommy Dreamer is attacked by Rob Van Dam before his match. Next up, we have Tommy Dreamer versus Lewis Piccoli in an I Quit match. 
Dreamer is beaten up for most of it, but ends up um, winning it because he gets some pliers to Lewis Piccoli's balls. And... Yeah, he's laid out first by Taz and uh, Sabu and Ravi D again, and yeah. can't, can't continue, can't wrestle, and it's all that, and then outruns Spicoli and starts the match. Yeah, basically, and um, a little bit of karma comes back his way, I guess. Careful with these ball shots. <laughs> uh, they announced Dreamer versus Sabu and Sandman versus Rob Van Dam, both first-time ever matches that we will never see. But we do get a clip of Sandman and Dreamer versus Sabu and Rob Van Dam that starts and ends, which we'll get next week. Yeah, confusing. Just for no reason, no context. Just like, oh, they're in the ring and they're going to fight and... Fight. I think so. I looked at the timestamp and I was just like, well, this is really late to start this match. But they did their sort of, well, next week. We'll find yeah, out what happens. I mean, it's not even we're out of time, we've got to go. It's 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 probably even more crass than that. And again, it's funny, that's, that's a staple of... You know, the piss take of WCW is we're out of time, we gotta go. ECW doing it. Well, yeah, they're literally, but they're even not out of time. They're basically just almost just start a match. Um, yeah, in a fully recorded episode. They're not even pretending yeah. to be live and ran out of time. You have made the choice to show us seven seconds of a match. It's um, I said you get some amazing bits, but the TV editing everything is a bit, yeah. a bit wild. The, the pay per views yeah. are definitely well, the one that we've seen is is much better. Um, two nineteen episode two nineteen. Did it start with Bam Bam Bigelow versus Pitbull two, or did we get a Shane Douglas promo? I can't remember. Um, I want to say it's the Bam Bam Bigelow Pitbull two match. Yeah, so Bam Bam Bigelow's. First singles match. What did he wrestle yeah. the other week? No, he, 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 he. Well, no, he wrestled uh, the other day, which is why. No, I'm sure it must be his first. Hmm. Anyway, so picking up with Shane Douglas's fire, he battles Pitbull too. Um, again, nice showing from Bam Bam. Just gives you an idea what he's about. He, he seems. A mega star in comparison to some of these, it's a big signing for him. He feels he has that special, hey, I know Bam Bam kind of vibe about him. And you know they they book him like a killer. You know, they've they've booked him far more hardcore. They've booked him to be um, more violent. You know the blood from Pitbull Two is insane. Um, yeah, they've 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 kind of you know beefed him up a bit. Yeah, so it's, it's nice to get a run out. Uh, Beefy the win. Beefy Bam Bam picks up a win, as you'd probably expect. The next match kind of caught me off guard a bit. I didn't really understand it, but I sort of loved it. Um, so you basically have Chris Candida versus Dr. Tom Pritchard. Now, on the whole list we've had of, you know, things that happen in ECW that no one knows about, the Bonnie yep. Donna blowout feud, you know, the, the match of, of Skip and Zip breaking up, Again, you know, that's that's never referenced. Ever. And it was a really good match. It was an outstanding match. Never, ever referenced. And, um, yeah, I thought it was good. It was, you know, they, they, weren't, they weren't dumb. They weren't insulting you. They, they said the history. And um, Chris Candido played on the history. But, yeah, a decent match. Definitely... Again, we always say about going back and watch. I'd probably pluck this out as a match to watch this week. Yeah, yeah. Because um, there is a bit of history. It's a match you've probably never seen before. And, um, yeah, it's nice. So, Candido versus Dr. Tom Pritchard. But, well, Candido won with the Blonde Bomb, which is the um, power bomb off the top rope, which I don't care who he hits against every time. I was just like, this is one of the most beautiful-looking finishers. Yeah going it's impressive every time and after it he basically talks about skipping zip basically and says um no, tonight dr tom came back yeah. forget about tammy forget about bruce forget about vince you know skip uh, zip is dead long live dr tom it was really nice it, and you know in a it, in a in a company that overdoes respect angles and i've talked about that and i i you know my my loathing of it is there um 
you know, 25 years ago, you took, you know, eight years ago, you taught me everything I knew. Today, I gave it all back to you. Um, you know, Zip is dead, long live top, Dr. Tom. I thought was yeah, really good. It was, it was, it was just enough. It wasn't a, you know, a 10 minute promo. It was just, just a couple of sentences that was just really powerful. And those who know, know. And it was, it was decent. But in another universe, Candido and Dr. Tom, as themselves, as a tag team, could have worked in ECW. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would have. For the triple threat, I think they probably would have done. It would have been. Yeah. I, I could see them doing similar to what they did with Born Again of like, you know, strip out the stupid gimmick and actually let these two just work there. Yeah, just, yeah, no gimmicks needed, just solid work rate tag team. And then there could have been something about it. And speaking of tag teams that never was, Next up, we've got Sandman and Tommy Dreamer versus Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Obviously, we spoke about this match ended the show last week. Um, but before like, the match, I just want to say I was generally shocked that, looking back on it, Sandman and Tommy Dreamer were never really a team. They, they could have been a team and won taking titles in ECW at some point. Yeah. Um... It's one of those combinations that you thought for filler, they could have been thrown together and had a few with the Dudley boys. Yeah, and they, they, they sort of did, didn't they, at one point with a triple threat, like a, a three-way tag thing with someone? I can't remember, but it was... Um... I'm not sure. I remember, obviously, it did at One Night Stand, but I'm trying to think if there was ever a... I suppose we'll find out, because we're watching everything. But, you yeah, know, just... Um... Something a little while ago where they kind of did a, 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 a six-man style thing with those two and someone else. Maybe. I just thought they could have been sort of a bit together a bit more. Yeah, um, but you yeah, know, Sam, man, he's, he's, he doesn't want to cheat on his, his boy too, Carl. <clears throat> he doesn't. As, as Paddy Paddy, as they make him look this episode, next episode, for no reason, they show you that they sort of hated each other. <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, the match itself wasn't bad. You know, Sandman throwing himself over the top and everything like you'd expect. And good showing from Rob Van Dam. And at the end of the match comes, refs out, Todd Gordon runs down, goes to do the free count. One, two. As he goes for the free, got to hand it to Bill Alfonso. A tremendous arm grab. Yeah, timing was perfect. Yeah, he didn't basically punch him or knock him or do whatever he would do. He basically almost his arm hooked his arm as it was coming down. And just the visual of it looked really good. It It was a good way of breaking up the count. But it was a way that I hadn't really seen before. So I was impressed with that. Uh, Todd Gordon kind of stood there. And Rob Van Dam just smacked him. Then went for a double DDT. But there was no ref. A double pile driver. The lights went out. And came back on. Lawler was there. Even though he wasn't supposed to be there. After a few sort of back and forth, the others got taken out as Lawler was arguing with a guy in the crowd, which then led Sandman and Tommy Dreamer to get their hands on Lawler. Uh, sort of dream, almost like held him in a DDT position while Sandman sort of cracked a beer and got ready to cane him. Yeah. Wasn't it? So they went to the cane, and the lights went out again, and the lights came back on. Jim Cornette was in the match hit with a tennis racket and they proceeded to destroy Tommy Dreamer and Sandman again, including a Singapore cane shot to the balls of Tommy Dreamer, which legit really fucked him up. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, I mean, again, feud's great and all this and all that, but so far, excluding the ECW guys, WWE have sent over a manager and a commentator Regardless of you know Jerry Lawler's resume and what he's achieved, he, he sort of just is a commentator at the moment, no? Yeah, although you know has got a history of being quite electrifying on promos. He's he's a heat seeker and it, it's great, but I just think out of everyone that's sent is I'd expect I don't know a wrestler to be sent over with him. Yeah as well like there should be I felt like ECW are giving WWE a lot and WWE are taking all of it 
without necessarily giving a lot back? I mean, I guess the answer is, on the grand scheme of it, what has ECW to give WWE? I mean, you know, you're not you're not really getting much additional viewers. We've talked, you know, again about you know when WWF were in and, and Nitro were in, the same people, you know, Hat Guy and everyone else were front row. So it's not as if you've got any fans. You're either watching everything or you're watching just yeah. ECW. So they're not as if they're introducing new fans across. It's not as if they're, they're, they need their TV as an advert for anything. So what I guess my counter would be, what, what is WWF getting out of this? Because it seems to be charity. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of like rough because it's, it's, it's a fun angle and it's good. But like you said, from an ECW standpoint, it's just kind of rough because it's different because I understand the NWO were like steamrolling WCW every week, but the NWO were actually signed to WCW. So they were never losing anything. Every NWO shirt that was sold, they're profiting as a company. Yeah. With this, it feels like I know WWE wouldn't really gain anything from ECW because they're not big enough, really, at this point. But it's just—I mean, I guess in the wide, it's part of their relationship, part of their feeder system, part of their farming system, part of their um, their, their their ability to park wrestlers down there so that they can kind of get a bit of experience, get a fresh coat of paint, you know, sort themselves out a little bit, try out new gimmicks mm. before coming back up. Um, yeah, because I know people are basically, sorry. Yeah. Because I know people are going to argue Rob Van Dam wrestled Jeff Hardy on Raw. He came out to um, the ECW music, but instrumental, so it didn't say like Extreme Championship Wrestling or this, it was just an instrumental version. And um, Lawler sort of cut a brief poem about he's the only sort of good wrestler from ECW and all this. So they're all sort of that sort of stuff on Raw. But um, I don't know. It's just a bit, it's a bit of a weird one. But I guess we'll find out the payoff when we get there. Um, episode 220, we start off with highlights of the whole WWE, CW feud from obviously Lawler turning up to obviously the recent weeks and last week as well. The brawl, we had a promo by Jerry Lawler during this point. And um, yeah, just to catch up in case you'd missed the couple of weeks. But th this is good. They should be starting off with this because like I said there might be people who blicker and you're getting the backstory of what's going on this side because WWE won't be showing any of this. Yeah. Uh, although Memphis probably were. Yeah, Memphis probably was, and um, and stuff like that. But yes, it's, it's a good little catch up. I mean, I'm still very much intrigued to this feud, and it's a lot deeper than I actually knew it was. I, I kind of felt like they turned up at WWE, and it kind of simmered out a bit. And yeah. I knew Lawler turned up, but I didn't know that Cornette turned up. Because then you got, you know, for real deep people, you got the Smoking Mountain connection there. So that's almost a deeper kind of undercurrent feud. And uh, yeah, no, it's, yeah, so we get that. Um, Taz versus Lewis Piscoli, similar to the Shane Douglas thing, really. Uh, I can beat you in five minutes, make it 30 seconds. I, I don't really. This is this one made even less sense for me because if Luis Piccoli survives 30 seconds and he's the champion. Yeah. So why, when you can hear the countdown into five, four, three, two, one, do you tap out? Oh, yeah. I mean, you could pass out and still wake up the champion. TV champion. Yeah, you could just hold out a couple more seconds but um, yeah he did tap out and Taz regained the title again I sort of I don't mind it but it's just a bit I understand me catching Jane Douglas off guard 
because Shane Douglas was the arrogant champion who was champion for 11 months and all this. Yeah, just but, talk shit, talk shit, talk. Yeah, but... Yeah, th- this kind of situation, they said it's almost the way that you wanted to catch Taz out and a heel outsmarted Taz to win the belt. And this is how you defeated Taz. He didn't actually take a, a loss. He just, you know, the guy ran for 30 seconds or something. Yeah. And then he'd get his revenge to beat him. But it would have worked. But I get it. Taz goes marching on. Yeah, Another but person who... I mean, would it not have been better of him just... You know, if you want him to beat him in 30 seconds, then beat him in 30 seconds. You can do that... And also I find match. it... You can do that entire match. You can do every single spot. You can do every single element of that. And just have Taz reverse it, choke him out, and he's done in 30 seconds. In a whole kind of, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you got. It doesn't matter how badass you are. It doesn't matter how much you beat me up with the belt and everything else. I'm going to get you. I'm going to lock you. I'm going to choke you. Especially when it's two weeks after this guy's just been in a massive I quit match. Yeah. Where you literally had to like squeeze his balls with pliers to get him to give in. In like the main event against Tommy Dreamer too. Oh, yeah, but Taz can beat this guy in 30 seconds. Don't worry about it. He's just felt a weird person to pick. Yeah. I felt like they could have done it with a lot of others. He could have done it with the pit bulls. You know, he could have done it with, you know, a few other guys on the roster. Um, you know, Guido, Tracy Smothers. I guess any of them really could have fitted into, you know, you ain't so bad. And he goes, I'll choke you out. No, you can't even beat me in 30 seconds. Bet you I could. I mean, anyone could fit in this role. Get doing Lewis Piccoli did it. I think did more harm than good. Not to Louis, but I'm like Tommy Dreamer. I mean, I guess the question I have is, and I don't know this because I've not looked it up. But when when does Louis go? Because because this is is this him on his way out? Where well, well, it was quite a time, but obviously we're doing four at a time, so it changes pretty fast yeah, in our world. But yeah, he must be on his way to WCW, isn't he? Let's see, he's doing he's doing the um the clicky stuff more and more, so he must be on his way soon. Forgive um, the sound of my keyboard, beautiful listener, as I, I type in and find out what, exactly what's going on. Well you're finding that out, basically get a quick shoot promo from Taz the shoots on WWE and Sabu and Ray, RVD again. Basically continuing on what he's been doing. But we sort of get the main promo at the end of the show. We get highlights of PG-13 versus Spike Dudley and Mikey Ripbreck. Obviously, we spoke about PG-13 the other day. I thought they'd already been in ECW. Yeah. And you sort of said, do you think they hadn't turned up yet? And here they are turned up. It felt like a little bit like public enemy light. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Yeah, I mean, I, at one point, I was trying to work out whether they were his take of public enemy again. Yeah, but... I think it's just them, but um, yeah, I mean, I'll give it to PG-13, actually, near the end especially, they had some pretty decent moves they hadn't really sort of seen before, so Mike in that scene, like they've sort of got it in the bag, then something's grabbing Mikey from under the ring to stop him getting back in the ring, so it's basically Spike against PG-13. One of PG-13 picks him up in a powerbomb and as he sort of drops in the powerbomb, he manages to get above him and drop an elbow drop on top of him as he falls. Shuffle was quite a nice move. Yeah. And then he threw him off the ropes and he picked up the guy and almost sort of hit him with like a twitter well kind of slam and then landed him on Spike. And uh, yeah, basically PG-13 picked up the win. And then after that, we saw the person that was holding Mikey's leg was none other than, how do you like my suit? Jason is back in ECW. And we get a small amount. I mean, I don't like the fact that he's not in a suit. But I no. do love that Jason's back. And I did not think when we started this, knowing Jason as kind of one of the very weird entourage of, of uh, Simon Dodd just and Just Incredible and... I, I did not expect to be a fan of watching Jason reappear, and especially with Mikey. It's a, such an amazing story. Well, because like I said, the, the history is there with him with the TV title and everything like that. So they have clips they can go back and show. 
So basically, yeah, they have a small little spat, nothing major. Then Jason goes off with PG-13. So I guess he's with them now. We will find out. Um, we'll find out. Uh, so just going back to the Luis Spicoli thing. Um, Speaking of finding So out. Uh, breaking news of something that happened 23 years ago. Um, uh, so Luis Spicoli's last win in ECW... Well, his penultimate win, his last one win, was May 23rd, 1997, where he defeated Balls Mahoney. I feel we saw that fairly recently. Um, yeah. He then lost to Tommy Dreamer, lost to Tommy Dreamer in the I Quit match, lost to Taz yeah. June the 21st uh, for the yeah. heavyweight uh, title. Uh, TV title, yeah. Then the Donington show, he lost uh, 27th of June uh, for the TV title. Um, then he loses at the Orgy of Violence. We've not referenced the Orgy of Violins. Um, no. For good reason. Um, to Balls Mahoney. Uh, loses to Taz again for the ECW title. Loses another I Quit match to Tommy Dreamer in July the 10th. Um, then loses some more matches through July. Picks up a win against Wolfie D in August. His last match in ECW is August 9th. So this must be the point. Looking at that loss record, after how they seem to be voting him in, and being kind of 50-50 all the way up until that point, um, mm. this must be the point that you know um, uh, ECW uh, Wikipedia references Paul Heyman getting very frustrated with his drug-taking um, and his unreliability in it, um, and then... Uh, finding out that he'd been negotiating with both WCW and WWF behind his back. Uh, so I think this is the, um, we can't trust you, so we're going to job you out to everyone phase. But we're about we're about six weeks-ish away from um, Luis Piccoli leaving ECW. Yeah, like I said, it's not a massive surprise, is it, really? He's, um, he's just stopped starting. And, uh, but let's say if it's behind the scenes stuff, you can sort of, you can you can see why. I mean, they didn't really go. With it's it. amazing because you know his first match, according to this, was November the sixteenth, nineteen November fifteenth, nineteen ninety six, which was Shane Douglas, and that was the whole kind of you know, God damn it, I respect you, kid. Then he beats Too Cold at November to Remember for the loser leaves town. Yeah. Uh, and then he's kind of hot and cold on, you know, jobs out to Brian Lee a lot, beats Balls Mahoney, jobs out to Brian Lee, beats Balls Mahoney, beats Mike Awesome uh, at ECW crossing the line again in February 1st. Oh, wow. Um, you know, had an ECW uh, heavyweight title shot against Raven, teams up with New Jack twice. Um, just really kind of weird, weird career. Yeah. Um, speaking of weird career, so Jason's just popped back. We suddenly get a clip back from 1993 with uh, Matty in there. And I'm not sorry. <laughs> and um, he basically just said about he liked his suit and all this, all classic oh, it was, Jasons. It, it, was, it was amazing. It was, um, so, you know, Jason, can you tell us who you are going to manage in ECW? I can exclusively reveal I am going to manage not to crease my suit at all. Matty just didn't seem impressed at all. Uh, if you want to go back and visit the journey of Jason and Matty and the weekly thing, at, check out the archives. It's all going to be at there. Matt the Matt on Twitter. Yeah, actually retweeted and liked this one. We made it. That was my highlight. So we have, we have one. I know we've had retweets oh, from yeah. you know icons such as Just Incredible and and you know Sergeant Slaughter and all the rest of it, but you know, Matt in the house. <laughs> There's a lot of love out there. Um, Lance Storm versus Tracy Smothers. Good showing from Storm. Picked up the win. Weird pairing, weird timing, but. Fun yeah, match. it was fine. It was it was good enough. It was it was enjoyable. It just felt of everything that's going on. It just felt a very like oh, we've got Lance Storm versus Tracy. You know, I thought we would have been the the first match on the show, but I'm just being yeah, whatever now. And I but yeah, no decent match. Nice round from Lance Storm. It's good that he's still on TV and getting involved. 
Uh, promo from Bueller, basically talking about Tommy Dreamer's injury. We saw the shot to the nuts multiple times, just so you know he had a shot to the nuts. I liked this promo. I thought it was better than the promos that we've been recently. Yeah, agreed. And it was it was nice to hear sort of her have a promo for once. Yeah. Because she's never really put in that situation. So not since she kind of just not since going with Tommy. She got she got some mic time when she was with Raven. They got her own show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I suppose that was with Tommy, wasn't it? Was that with? I thought no, with Raven. Raven was Bueller's box. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So yeah. But um, yes, yeah, so that was. Like I said I thought it was you know some decent bits. So I didn't mind that at yep. all. We then got. Um, I suppose we got the weird Taz bit to finish it off. So it's it's hard to really go into detail with this because it basically was just Taz arguing with a fan, asking for his raw t-shirt. Fan not wanting to give it. Taz saying give it. Went round in circles for ages. Eventually the fan gave it. And Taz was like, oh, fuck this shirt and set it on fire. All of this being intercut with Tommy Dreamer being loaded into the ambulance. Yeah, because I, I guess... It happened at the same time. That's what they're trying to get across, wasn't it? Yeah, except you don't see Taz run out to make the save. So you don't quite know why Taz not. is out there. Um, but no. yeah, Taz is out there. The ring's a state because you can see all the rubbish that was thrown into the ring when Lawler had appeared and, and Cornette was in. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's that. So do you think that was a plan? Um... I think it has to be. I think that T-shirt went... So, you know, apart from the fact he's got a lighter, that T-shirt went up really quickly for me. So I, I think it was it was rigged, personally. I think it was a plant only because I don't think you would wear an, a raw show, shirt to an ECW show. Um, smart marks, you might do. You know, it's, it's the nuclear heat. But I, I also, I would like to think that even in 1997, at the height of this, they wouldn't bully a fan out of a t-shirt at the end of the show in front of everyone by basically saying, you know, I don't care. I'll, I, I you know, wear it. Don't wear it. It doesn't bother me. The, the, the rest of this audience here, I'm giving them permission to rip it off you. Yeah, I mean, some of it was like was was rough with like bits like that. So I didn't really. Yeah, this is slightly inciting. Yeah, overall, what did you think this week? Um, there were some points I really loved. Um, the the shoot 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 brother. Um, yeah, frustrates me. Um, I Agreed. I I love the bits that you don't have to tell me are shoots. You know, the best the best yep. shoots are the ones where you don't have to, you know, tell me that you're being real um, and you leave it up to me. CM, CM Punk, prime example. Absolutely. You know, a lot of them have kind oh. of, you know, is it a shoot? Is it a work? I don't know, but my God, it's amazing. Rather than, you know, you want to shoot, we'll shoot. You want to shoot, we'll shoot. We want to, okay, all right, we'll shoot. Um, I feel like any real, I was going to say, any real shoot, the moment you're on live TV or pre-recorded TV and you say, I'm going to shoot, they'll just cut you off. And not only that, but the moment you tell me you're to shoot, I, I believe it's a work. Because, yeah. you know, if it's, if it's a real shoot, you don't have to tell me it's a shoot. You know, it's, it's a, you know, uh, again, you know, one night stand, one night stand two, was it? Um, you know, two words, Matt freaking Hardy. And yeah, I don't know whether that was real. I don't know whether that was was planned. Uh, from the reaction, I I I felt it was real, but you know that was that was probably me being you know fanboy. Um, but you know you, you didn't have to tell me you know shoot 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 all of that. You know the, the reason you're the champ is because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. That felt nice and snug and inside. And that didn't need you know, and yeah. that is the shoot. 
you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the more you tell me it's the truth, the more I'm going to believe it's not. Because if it was the truth, you wouldn't have to tell you. You want me to tell you the truth? You want me to tell you the truth? I'll tell you the truth. The truth is this. I'll let me tell you the truth. I will tell you the truth. Here's the truth. And that was the truth. That's no, not because no one says truth 75 times if they're actually telling the truth. Yeah. The, the best totally. shoot line, quote unquote, um, and you know how much this hurts to give credit. For me, it was Rick Rude uh, when he said, "You know, Jerry Lawler, if you if you want to get real, um, you know, maybe we talk about the fact that your last two girlfriends of a combined age of twenty one." <laughs> Shooting brother. And with everything you know, knowing about the Jerry Lawler court case and and you know everything that happened there, um, that was snug. That was that was that was real. You know, that was that was a good, solid inside dig. Yeah, no, it was it was nice. And um it was good. I mean another four weeks without Terry Funk we would have mentioned of it. Yeah, that heavyweight championship but, evaporated. But champion save that yeah, I'm gonna save that rant again, I guess, because I go on about it a lot. But that's yeah, see that's everything really for this week. It recovered. I think it's... Oh, and um, too much talk on for me. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. Physical easy, angles. But... Why is Todd Gordon going through a table? Just makes know. no sense to me. No sense at all. Uh, thank you very much for listening. This has been Extreme Rewind. If you like us, which I like to think you do because you listen to the show and you don't follow us on Twitter or Instagram, you simply can at underscore sports arena for regular ECW content and modern day conversations. And help us continue to grow like, our, our community. We've got quite a good conversation going on. Some really interesting conversations going on with some hardcore ECW fans on Instagram and Twitter, sharing some really great stuff. So wherever you are listening to us, rate, review, like, subscribe, share, Tell more people about us so we can continue the conversation going. And relive the revolution, because we are. And everyone should as well. That's what it's all about. And that is a shoot, brother, brother, brother. <laughs> See you next